Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? It is your boy Noah Jones, and welcome to Today in Hip Hop, Season 2, Episode 13. Today I want to talk about something a little special, something that's a little near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about ghostwriting and collaborating and why it's taboo in the hip-hop game. Now, I'm an OG, old school, grew up on all the legends, Roxanne Shantae, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap, Rakim. Then we uh, got into Nas, some of the other pioneers, LL Cool J. Now, here's the thing. There's been a long tradition and a long taboo and stigmatism that ghostwriting in a hip-hop game is bad. Now, for those of you that don't know what ghostwriting is, ghostwriting is when you hear an artist rapping some music, like he's rapping, but he didn't write the music. Somebody else wrote it for him. Also, a ghostwriter is somebody who is left off the credits and usually takes like an upfront fee. They usually pay you in advance, etc., etc., for your services. Kind of like a work for hire. Now, a collaborator or a co-writer is somebody that actually sits down in the studio with you or you bounce ideas back and forth via email, via phone call, whatever the case may be. Now, to some people in the industry, having a collaborator or people working together on a record is accepted, meaning the more people behind the record, the better the record sounds, the further traffic the record can go, the more ideas, etc. Now, I'm going to tell you why most hip-hop purists are 100% against both of those situations. Hip-hop was basically all about keeping it real, you know? And a lot of these artists swear they're the best at what they do. So I have to, I have a hard time, and a lot of people have a hard time giving people credit when they have additional people helping them write their music. Now, a long time ago, well, not, well, not too long ago, but uh, Drake got ousted for the whole writing, co-writing, ghostwriting situation. Now, I was a huge fan of Drake's. At one point in time, I had even considered him to be the, the greatest artist alive because I'm like, yo, dude could do R&B. Dude has crazy bars. You know, unbeknownst to, him, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that he was getting help with his work. Now, this all came to a head when DJ Drama, Meek Mill, they leak some records, basically some reference records, which is 
one rapper spitting some vocals. And then what they do is they send it out to other industry artists and whoever wants the record ends up buying the record and putting their own voice to the words that were said by another artist already. Those are reference records. Kind of like where an R&B artist will sing it out for you to show you how to sing it. And then the other artist who buys the album, I mean buys the song, will sing it in their own voice and add their own little style to it, their own little flair, whatever the case may be. So Drake had some records released that uh, he had references done by Quentin Miller. Now, this was on the If You're Reading This, It's Too Late album. Mind you, this is like Drake's fifth or sixth project when all of this came to a head. The reason why I look at it crazy is because I'm like, look, if you're the greatest, you don't need help, first and foremost. If you're the greatest, you can sit down, you can pen everything yourself, you can write your own bars, your hooks. If you're that good, you don't need the help. So I, I don't believe it when an artist says, hey, you know, I'm the best at this, I can do this, I can do that. Then you find out that he has help with his work. I also take it a little bit deeper. I look at it like this. I'm like, yo, if this is his sixth project or his fifth project and he needed help, who the hell has been helping him from his first album all the way to his current project? Who's been helping him write? So that kind of discredits a lot of the work that these artists do because, one, that's not keeping it real. And a lot of times when you buy into these artists, you're buying into their story. You know, you're, you're in a sense living vicariously through their experiences that they portray on these records. But then you come to find out that they're not their real experiences, that it's somebody else's experiences. And they're basically just a puppet on a string, somebody pulling the strings and getting them to basically say what they want them to say. So that is the reason why to me, I'm like, yo, this, this, is, this is completely out of control. Now, you had all this shit with Quentin Miller. Now, here's the thing. Quentin Miller, if you Google it, he has a history of writing for artists or collaborating with artists or writing for artists because he's writing for them because on a lot of these records, his voice is nowhere to be found. It's just the main artist that you know and love. But his name is on the writing credits. So a lot of these artists that you know and you love, you come to find out they don't write their own shit. At least not 100%. And that's what I mean by they don't write their own shit. If you're getting help with your shit, I can't believe that you're helping somebody else write their shit. Because if that was the case, you wouldn't need help writing your shit. You know what I mean? Logically, it just doesn't make sense. So, one of the greatest artists of all time, another artist that I really used to look up to for his penmanship is Nas. Nas has quite a few projects out. Very prolific with his pen. On his King's Disease 2 album, Quentin Miller actually sat down and wrote 
some bars for Nas. You know, now the main thing is because we're not in the age where back in the day you would buy the album and you open it up and you see the list of credits and you see all the different names of the people that worked on the project. Nowadays it's digital. So all you see is just sometimes who produced the record and then you have the artist's voice, which is the main artist. So unbeknownst to you, there's other people behind the scenes that actually wrote some of those bars. So here you are like, yo, that was ill. That shit was dope. I love how he did this. I love the, the flow pattern. I love how he used his voice like this. And it's not even the main artist. Now here's another thing. This isn't by chance. Because what I've noticed from, from checking out Quentin Miller is this. Hit Boy asked Quentin Miller to come to the studio when he was working with Nas and also when he was working with a couple of other artists. Now, Hit Boy raps as well. He not only produces, he raps as well. So I noticed on the first King's Disease and even sprinkles of KD2 for Nas that he used his cadence in his voice in a way in which he never used it in his entire career. So to me, that's Hit Boy influence. Hit Boy wrote on that. But you wouldn't see written by Hit Boy because he produced the record, so his name is already there, credited as a writer. So Hit Boy could have been feeding Nas all kinds of lines, and we wouldn't even have known it. Now, here's the thing. This isn't a coincidence because Nas doesn't strike me as the type of artist that would just randomly hang around somebody like Quentin Miller. Nas sticks to his own camp. So that means the fact that Quentin Miller was in a studio session with Nas means he was there on request from Hit Boy, meaning they couldn't get shit done a certain way or they needed a certain vibe that Nas wasn't bringing. So they had Quentin come through to add a little flavor, to add a little sauce on Nas's shit. I look at that and I'm like, yo, same principle. If you getting help now, who the fuck has been helping you all these years? Now, also, there's been rumors in the streets that Stickman from Dead Prez helped write some of Nas's shit. Jay Electronica helped write some of Nas's shit. So there have been rumors in the, in the hood for the longest about these particular allegations. You know? And it's ridiculous that so much of this stuff behind the scenes is not public knowledge to where we can really voice our opinions on this shit. You know, now there's ghost production too. There's a lot of times I hear a beat by Timbaland. Come to find out, DJ Danger Hands is the one that produced that record. Some of Timbaland's biggest joints that I thought he produced, like promiscuous girl, you know what I want, all that. Yo, DJ Danger Hands produced that shit. So you're hearing these beats and they have like a Timbaland style and you hear Timbaland's voice on the record and you're thinking, oh, that's a Timbaland beat. It's somebody else's shit. See, what these producers do is they hire teams of different up-and-coming producers and it's a lot easier to get their shit placed because you got a main guy as the figurehead of the group. Like, let me give you an example. Say an up-and-coming talented producer's out there, right? He's trying to sell his beats for three to 500 
People ain't even biting on the shit. They're like, look, I'm not paying $2,000 for a beat. Nobody even knows you, blah, blah, blah. He links up with Dr. Dre, and Dr. Dre is like, yo, your beats are fire. I like you. This is what we going to do. You going to produce the beat. I'm going to add a little sauce on that shit for you. And now your $500 beat is selling for 500000 because it has the name Dr. Dre attached to it. So now, instead of you getting your little two, three thousand dollars, I'm gonna give you fifty thousand, but the four hundred and fifty thousand is gonna go to me because I'm the name on the beat. I'm the main producer. I'm the big name. That's what the fuck a lot of these producers are doing. They have producer teams to where they low key are having five and six different people produce on the beat. Look at look at Hitmaker. He's another example. AKA Youngberg. He got a team of people. One of which I know personally. And they producing records together under the Hit Boy moniker. So you'll hear Hit Maker. I mean, excuse me, under the Hit Maker moniker. You'll hit a DJ to tag Hit Maker. But it's three different motherfuckers on there. Cardiac is on there. Hit Maker's on there. You know what I'm saying? There's a couple other people that's on there too. So this is a big thing in the industry. So what I'm saying is the reason why people find this shit taboo is because as one, as one artist that's writing his own shit, you're up against a whole team of motherfuckers. And you're up against a team of people that are all putting in work and they're all sharing the wealth, but yet they're making it seem like it's just one great individual. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll, we'll put Beyonce on a pedestal. Remember how she was saying shit like, Oh, yeah, I wrote this whole album, blah, blah, blah. Then you find out Neo wrote that song, to the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box, to the left. She tried to make it seem like she wrote that shit. Neo wrote that shit. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times, they fooling us. They fooling us. And they getting a head start. And they working with these other people, and they, they forming these conglomerates to put out this music and we buying into it thinking that it's one great artist. So realistically, we have to like change how we view the shit. We got to say, look, we can't say this is the greatest artist. We could just say this person makes great music because we don't know who's behind all the art. We don't know who's behind the art anymore. It's not one person. You know, I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was crushed when I was like, wait a minute, Quentin Miller wrote on Nas's project? And it's not like he featured, like, he's on the song and he's rapping with Nas. No, this nigga's in the lab with Nas, one of the greatest rappers of all time, and he's writing bars for Nas? Quentin Miller writing bars for Drake? I mean, this, this nigga Quentin Miller, like, he influenced a lot of shit. He also... Worked on some shit with Big Sean, and I thought Big Sean was fucking incredible. I would have, I thought Drake was stealing flows from Big Sean. Come to find out, Big Sean is getting help from Quentin Miller as well. So at the end of the day, this is why artists don't like that shit. Because you have the purists out there, such as myself, that sit down. The truly talented that can sit down, grab a pen, and just write a joint right from scratch. Don't need anybody else in the studio with you. Don't need no help. Can mix and engineer your own shit. Take your shit from zero 
to a finished song all by yourself. That's talent, especially when the record comes out dope. That's talent. That's real talent. You know, just like these these athletes when they uh they hitting all these home runs or doing whatever, but they're on PEDs, performance enhancement drugs. It's the same shit with these artists. You think that they're great, but it's other people behind the entire process. Some of the real talented people that never even get discovered because they may not have the image, they may not have the look, they may not have the voice, they may not have the sound, but they got the ideas. You know what I'm saying? Just like in comedy how Kevin Hart doesn't write his own his comedy sketches. He has a team of people that help him write. So you get a whole bunch of other funny motherfuckers and you put them together and you have Kevin Hart as the front man, the puppeteer. Now in R&B, that shit is a little more acceptable because don't nobody give a fuck about R&B like that. It's not about how real you are in R&B. But these hip-hop artists, this is supposed to be your story from the gutter, from how you got started, your personal life. But it's being scripted by other people. And that's one of the reasons why they say the industry is fake. Because they got you out here doing things like, yo, I want to be like this artist. And this artist ain't even acting as himself. He's got other people writing the words for him. What do you think about that? Strike up a conversation. You know, the internet is undefeated. We can look all of this shit up. I looked up Quentin Miller's accolades. Google Quentin Miller writing credits, and you'll be able to see that this guy has written for some people that you probably didn't even think needed writers. I didn't think Nas needed a writer. When you have some of these classic records like I Gave You Power, One Love, you know what I'm saying? Fucking uh, uh, Streets in New York, all this type of shit. These are classic records. If I ruled the world, all the shit that made Nas who Nas is. And then I got to think, yo, who helped this nigga on all his other albums then? You know what I'm saying? Who helped this nigga? So if you're not asking yourself that, then you're being fooled like everybody else. So when these rappers is coming out, question them. Hey, who writes your shit? Who writes your shit? Do you write 100% of your shit? Do you have help? And just go about it that way. Just say, hey, from now on, we're just going to judge these artists based on their material. We judge them based on their work, not based on if we think that they dope or not. We just judge them based on their catalog. Because at the end of the day, these guys aren't responsible, 100% responsible for their shit. It's a team effort. So to all my independent artists out there, don't feel bad because, look, you're going up against a team, a shadow team, a team behind everything else. You're going up against a team. And if you out here doing it by yourself and you penning your art and you and you are doing all this, all the records, the writing and the engineering and the singing and everything all on your own shit, you are the truly talented one. It's your boy Noah Jones for Today in Hip Hop. I appreciate the support. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe for all the people that's watching this on YouTube. Make sure you follow me on all social media at Noah Jones News. That's Noah Jones News on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Noah Jones News.
Also, make sure you check out Private Road Clothing if you want to, if you want to support the clothing line. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Peace.